from AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Are you ready to have a little fun? Because we're talking about fun at work today with the Director of Inclusion at the Fun Department, Jess Ruggieri. She's a presenter at the conference. The conference? What conference, you ask? The AATH conference in April 2019 in sunny Chicago. Check it out at www.aath.org. You'll meet really cool people. Now, this is our last episode of the calendar year. Um, I had a great time talking to Jess. I know you're going to get a lot of great strategies you can employ to make the culture at work a little more bearable for people. I'm always really interested on the intersection of play and fun and how it affects culture, how it affects productivity, and she has some awesome suggestions. So I want you to kick back and really enjoy Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. And I say the podcast because for those of you who know, I have two podcasts. I have the one I do for an association called Laugh Box, and I have another one called Leadership Happy Hour. And once in a while, the stars align, and I get to talk to somebody that fits both. I get uh, both my podcasts. I get to do a twofer. I get to do like, you know, one interview for two podcasts. It doesn't happen all the time. It's only when God really smiles upon me, and he is smiling upon me today because I get to talk to Jess Ruggieri. She is, um, she's like the, uh, the queen at the fun department. And I'm really excited to talk about her because I like looking at the intersection of, you know, engagement, culture, you know, what are the things that make things work? And she's going to be, she is going to be sharing some fantastic stuff with me today. I'm so stoked. So welcome Jess to, to the podcast. Big cheers to you. Well, thanks for having me, Chip. This is an exciting opportunity to be your angel queen, whatever you just described me as. <laughs> <laughs> My angel queen. That no, actually no um no pressure or anything, huh? <laughs> no, no pressure on that. I'm just really looking forward to. I could have said you like you're my uh, workplace messiah, where you're just gonna there you sh- go. you're gonna show me the way. That actually is a great tagline. That would be, you know, I don't think I would use it because it'd be pretty blasphemous. But um, oh yeah, that would be um, that would be a great one to like trademark. I'm the wor- I'm the I am. The workplace messiah. Anyway, hey, so for my listeners, if you could give them the 411, the hot skinny on who Jess is. Oh my goodness, I would love to. So I always tell people I have an expertise in small talk and helping people live better. One one of the things about me that is, I think, crucial to know is I'm a pretty serious person, but I don't take myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a master's, I have an undergrad, I've had a lot of life experiences, but I just think that I'd rather be more approachable than unapproachable to people. In fact, when I joined the fund department, one of the first things we do um, as a role is to create our own job title. Mm-hmm. And so funny enough, it's not the workplace messiah, but it's actually the ambassador of inclusion. And awesome. I think my whole life has been yeah, yeah, it's really, I mean, it embodies who I am and not just as my, you know, work job uh, title, but as a person, because I think my whole life is based on trying to get 
people to feel part of something, you know, to include them. Um, that's why I've never been part of a clique. Um, because I think if, if I'm a part of a clique or something that where people are on the outside, it's just not who I am. So I try to avoid all little groups as much as possible. I think that's why I ended up quote unquote being a leader <laughs> because I try to avoid following or, or being part of something. Um, cause I like to get people to, to feel a part of something bigger. That's such, you know? a, such an interesting thing that you said there. Cause, um, I like, I look at myself as well as that. I'm not much of a joiner. I don't, you know, I, I, I have a few friends, but I don't like, um, uh, it's amazing. I was in the military for 22 years. Cause it's like, I don't like taking orders and I'm not a joiner, but, um, you know, so I, I kind of understand where you're coming from on that, on the, uh, the inclusion aspect. Um, that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty, that's pretty unique. Pretty awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation today, talking about uh, putting a little bit of fun into work as an aspect of culture. Um, but before we get started, I'm just going to ask you a random question just to kind of get our conversational juices flowing. So um, going back to when you were a kid, what was your favorite book, your go-to book? Like when you, know, you asked your mom and dad to read to you, what was your favorite book? Oh my goodness. I was actually a pretty big nerd. And I don't remember much from my young, young childhood, but I do remember we used to have these like readathons, mm-hmm. and I'd have, I would just, I had my shelf of books and I would just read them over and over and over again. But I don't know if you remember this because I think there's a little generational gap, but um, there was a series called the Babysitter's Club. Is yeah. That familiar? Yeah. I didn't read it. I mean, yeah, I, right. I, I think, I think <laughs> Yeah, I did read it. Yeah, I still read it. Actually, it's on my it's on my shelf. Yeah, right. <laughs> the to do to do list. So I used to read the, the Babysitters Club over and over and over again. Interesting, because those were mysteries, yeah. weren't they? Um, no, it was like a group of of girls that. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess kind of they would have you know something would go awry and then they would you know, have to, have to do some sleuthing around and figuring out what happened or what disappeared. And, um, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what drew me to them, but I think cause they were just like quick, easy reads and, uh-huh. you know, you lose yourself in the moment. So interesting. You just have, I, I, even, I, know, I, I tell people all the time, like, I can't get into fiction. I can't, you know, but give me a book where I'm learning something mm-hmm. and I'll be all over it. I'll be sitting notes or like writing paper. I really am a nerd. <laughs> no, I'm with you. It's almost like you're, <laughs> you're talking about my own brain. I, I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, I, I always look at reading as like, there's a, there's a purpose to it. So, I mean, when I travel and I'm on the road, audiobooks, I'll listen to mysteries or sometimes I'll listen to history. However, um, but normally any book I read is, um, <laughs> I have a specific purpose for reading it. So, oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, awesome. That's um, cool to learn about you that uh, used to have uh, readathons. Uh, so interesting. So, what took you? Now, looking back, um, you know, on you know your past, what what brought you to the fun department? You know, this this organization that uh, goes out there, and what exactly do they do? Sure. So that's a that's a two for question. Mm-hmm. So what? What brought me to the fun department? Um, gosh, I I feel like my life, like I've never had been one of those people that had a solid, like, this is what I want to be when I grow up, or this is what I want to do. But I always say that life just kind of happens to me. Mm-hmm. And when doors open, I'm one of those people that feels drawn, 
whether it's a, you know, a spiritual religious reason, but, you know, I really feel like I've been led in my life to go to certain, uh, you know, opportunities and even the bad ones have led me, you know, through, uh, learning experiences. So, um, like I said, I, I got my undergrad in speech communication with a, uh, interpersonal communication kind of concentration. So in psychology, so I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, I really just majored in small talk and I, <laughs> I chose to move to Delaware, um, because I Googled, this is so silly, but you know, years ago when I was trying to figure out what the heck I'm supposed to do with my life, I, I literally Googled back in the day communication and organization. Cause those are two things that I love and I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And this book pops up called like fat jobs for professional organizers. And I was like, great, I'll start my own business as a professional organizer, you know, uh-huh. help people get their lives straight. And, um, and I moved to Delaware and the economy was tanking. And so one thing led to another, I ended up in food service, managing a coffee shop and became a fitness coach, a personal trainer, um, ended up getting my master's at university of Delaware do you know what I'm saying? It's just like my path is so different from the norm. Right. <laughs> and um, so the founder of my company used to come into my coffee shop. And so I would say probably about nine years ago, we sat down and talked about this organization that was trying to bring um, basically a, like a redef- redefinition of team building into the workplace culture because of the shift in um, generations and the shift in you know the workplace um, dynamics. Mm -hmm. And I said to him about nine, 10 years ago, I said, wow, that's really awesome. But I want to, I need a paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not very entrepreneurial spirit. I I like to, you know, kind of have um, some substantial finances behind my backing. So, you know, Nick, Nick is the founder of our company. He's the godfather of fun. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we just stayed close, stayed friends. And, and my life went from one thing to the next to the next. And sure enough, as the fund department was um, building out their business model from just delivering events, so actually facilitating the activities to actually training companies, because we have this really succinct process or a method. And so instead of having to go and actually deliver the quote unquote fun, why not just go into an organization and teach a group of people because most companies have volunteers, you know, whatever you want to call them, like the activities committee or something, mm-hmm. teach them our model um, so that the engaging, the fun, the, the team building events, whatever you want to call it would be, um, would yield a better result. Right. So um, I just, you know, and the funny thing is, is like, as I was finishing my master's in health promotion and I got a certificate in health coaching, um, the opportunity, this is when the fund department was developing their training model um, and they put their book out. And it's so funny because when I started to think about what the fund department does is create a work environment that literally um, is a healthier place for people to work. Mm-hmm. So my personal passion of helping people live better I'm like, wow, if I can go into an organization who's trying to help organizations create a, create an environment that is supportive, less stressful, more fun, wouldn't that help people um, live better? And so that's kind of, I fell into this about three years ago. Right. And, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a specific skill I had. It was really um, based on, I was the right person at the right time to fill this role. And I've grown and it's been incredible. 
Well, what's really interesting about your whole journey there is that uh, it reminds me uh, of my my own journey of, you know, like you do things in life and it gives you different experiences and then you you really can't, you can plan, but sometimes in the planning, maybe you miss out on the possibility that, you know, it, with you, when you're just kind of open to the serendipity of life, so to speak. And not that, I mean, I understand like the, you know, with the finance, you would have jumped on board if there had been like right nine years ago, right? If it was like the, the money was behind it, but you know, you kept yourself open. And a lot of times we keep ourselves open to things like other awesome things manifest that we never really could have planned for. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and you say like if I had if I had jumped in nine years ago, the opportunity for me to get my master's wouldn't have risen because Mm -hmm. I was I was teaching employee wellness classes at the university, and there was a like an instant need for someone to start teaching their one credit classes, Zumba, cardio dance, and because I worked at a restaurant at the time for my income, it was an easy transition where I was like, Hey, I'm going to give up these shifts because I'm going to be doing this for a couple years for a couple semesters. And it's, so it just like my life fit the mold, you know? And so when I look at things like that, you can't deny the fact that it's almost like this divine intervention where you're like, right. Oh, I mean, I would. And now when I think about my schooling, you know, it was a two year, it was a blur of two years of school and teaching fitness classes and, you know, house projects and all of this. But, um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about um, some of the, some of the theories that I learned in school, which like you said, when you start talking about fun and business results, like how do I confidently and professionally go to a CEO of a company and say, no, no, Fun is, a, fun is great for your organization. It's actually going to lead to better business results, mm-hmm. you know, and I can use the theory that I learned in school. But right. if I had come and joined the fun department, about, you know, nine years ago, I wouldn't have had that um, knowledge base behind me. And so I feel very, very confident and comfortable um, in, in my communicating to business leaders as what can, how, how things can change within the yeah. organization. Now, you said that, you know, you guys have a, you know, you have a book, you have a model. Um, can you talk a little bit about that you know, as far as like what the model is, what you show people? Of, because, you know, I remember it was uh, here a couple of years ago, I was reading uh, someplace when I was in um, Harvard Business Review, but it was talking about, you know, fun as, you know, a facet of culture and that, you know, 80% of Forbes top 100, you know, companies are rated as, you know, as fun places to work. But you know, fun is really kind of subjective in a, for, for people, you know, what's fun to me might not be fun to other people. And I've, cause my fun is probably a little more crazy than other people. Some people <laughs> knitting is fun. That's not me. So, or oh doing it, or doing a readathon yeah. is fun. You know, who knows? <laughs> Shit, man, you just, you open the floodgates with that loaded question. My goodness. Um, but yes, truth be told, you know, you go to Harvard Business Review and we call them the wise guys, the mm-hmm. W-H-Y-S guys. There's so many people that are doing research around um, the stats of, you know, positivity and happiness and, and fun. And even the word fun itself, like you said, is so subjective. How do you study it, you mm-hmm. know? And so even the word play, like there's a lot of science around around the concept of play Mm -hmm. and when two strangers actually play 
together, their empathy grows, their trust grows. Um, and so you can take some of these concepts, you know, and, and tie them to statistics because that's what everyone loves. But, you know, it's this model that we talk about, um, you know, you say fun is subjective. Well, that's the first place we start. Just like any good consulting training company does, you know, it's like, well, if you want to see results, let's get a baseline, you know, and see if we've moved the needle by, by some of our programs, you know, to, mm -hmm. to what you're trying to achieve. So some of the things that we measure within an organization is employees, intrinsic motivators. So nobody wants, nobody wants to constantly wind up their employees, you know, so if you can tap into what intrinsically motivates somebody to do their job, whether mm -hmm. it's collaboration, rationality, ownership. And if you can expose some of those gaps within an organization, that's a great place to start, you know, is telling somebody, wow, like it looks like your people are really desperate for collaboration and apparently they're not getting it. Mm -hmm. And then the other component of our, our measurement tool is literally asking people what's fun for them. Because if you go back to like the old school team building models, um, they're long, they're sometimes boring, there's a right. lot of debriefing, um, and they're ex exclusive in nature. So these, like these trust falls or the, you know, the high ropes course, <laughs> it, you know, it's all about taking people out. <laughs> the trust fall, that's hilarious. It's true. And a trust me, I, I, love me, I love me a good um, high ropes course. But in the context of like, corporate organizations, people don't have the time or the energy or the money to really take like all of their people, you know, out to and, and experience this like, you know, hours long event that costs a ton of money and right. then you have to shut down production, you know, but there's so many barriers around that model. And that's why, um, you know, we are redefining what it could look like. Mm -hmm. So instead of your company doing to pick, you know, like doing the summer picnic and the holiday party and kind of resting your laurels on the fact that that's going to boost morale and keep employees engaged for the whole, you know, year. Mm -hmm. We're like, mm-mm. And, and you're taking away from their, um, their own personal time because typically these events are at night or on the weekends. And psychologically, it's like if, it, if, if, you, if you want the fun to feel genuine within an organization, you, you, it's got to be on company time. You can't right. take away from people's personal time. So, um, you know, these are kind of the principles that we build that it has to be all inclusive. It has to be on company time. If you really want to see change, it's more of a process, not an event. So it has mm -hmm. to be consistent. Yeah. And of course, compliant. It has to be HR compliant. Um, and then brief. So if you can do something in a shorter period of time with your people and, and do a really good job of what we call pregame and postgame, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's like hyping up for the event and um you, you know using some pictures or maybe some kind of like trophy afterwards you can get huge mileage and actually people start to say that fun is happening all the time right you know and and the, and the interesting thing is too if you you know if we go to a leader and we ask we ask them these questions you know like well how fun is your company do people and they're like oh yeah we're fun we're but it's not about what the leader thinks is fun or just kind of um, shooting, you know, blind darts and being like, oh, escape the room's trendy. Let's do that. Or, oh, paint with a twist is trendy. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. It's just literally getting buy-in from your employees and asking what's fun for them and starting to build these programs around what employees actually enjoy to do. Right. So, now, um, 
Let me yeah. ask you this now, when say, you know, afterwards, you know, you come in, you do a little, you know, uh, training on how to have fun. So, but for, you know, the person out there going to implement, so, uh, does it have to have a point or mm-hmm. can it be just fun for fun's sake? Yeah. No, play with the purpose. You know, that's our first core value at the fun department. Um, it, it ties back to the leadership buy-in, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the first thing that we as a company have to do when we go into an organization is align ourselves with like the leadership's objectives. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of um, work in the, in the front end, you know, to really get at um, how fun is going to be the driving force towards business objectives. Mm-hmm. And um, so can it be fun for fun's sake? It can be. Um, can it be play with a purpose? Absolutely. And if you think about these moments um, where you're gathering people to do fun things, for instance, you know, just, I love um, double Dutch. <laughs> as weird as that may be, I have ropes in my trunk. And, and one day in the office, I just was like, guys, we, let's get outside. And we spent probably five, maybe 10 minutes outside with these double Dutch ropes. Mm-hmm. And was there a purpose to that? Um, not necessarily, but could I tie purpose to it? Yeah, we went outside and everybody knows that getting outside um, lifts your productivity, you know, just getting a little sunshine mm-hmm. movement, you know, you start talking about movement anytime you're up moving around, you know, one of the biggest health issues right now is this people sitting at the computer desk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, get a standing desk or maybe take five minutes and go for a walk outside or take your double dutch rope. So, and if you make it fun, and um, this is the other thing that I've been noticing too, is that kind of um, the concept of laughter and humor, right? Mm-hmm. Where laughter and smiles exist, there's psychological safety. So if, if people are actually enjoying themselves, some of those walls come down and, and they feel like they can be more themselves, which is so important for um, retention and productivity and innovation is that people have these you know, opportunities to feel fully themselves when they go to work. Right. Well, cause I was just thinking, I mean, cause like I look you know, fun for fun's sake. Um, and I like your play with a purpose. I, I think you, I like how you did the double Dutch and you said you, you could tie it to you know, a purpose. Cause I think that sometimes, you know, we negate just the, the, the simple thing that we could do to have a little bit of fun that uh, it just, oh, well, we don't have time for this, you know, or, you know, I, there's really no point, but to me, there's always some kind of point because, you know, you're still building, you know, camaraderie, you know, within the group, you know, you're increasing communication within the group. I think about, um, I don't know if you watched the show, the office or not, but, um, one of my favorite shows of all time. But I remember one time, like Michael was gone and they had like an office Olympics, right? Where they, you know, took yogurt yogurt caps and they had their, um, that was their gold medals and stuff, but they had like these stupid events that they are, they were doing. And I was thinking of like, that would be fantastic to do during the course of a week. You know, if you had an office just to, um, you know, take a day, you know, have an event each day and at the end of the week, you know, it, to me would be nothing, but would be better as far as team building than something like that. Cause you know, one, it's semi-competitive and I think competition, um, is the lifeblood of an organization that's growing. Um, but yeah. it adds that as element of fun that, um, people sometimes miss. Yeah. And, and so, and this is the thing too, cause everybody calls and they want, um, they want debriefing. And I'm like, you know what? Adults are pretty smart. Yeah. They know, <laughs> you know, they know when they're getting their hand slapped and being like, 
Well, and, and, and a lot of companies are, are looking at the problems and they want to come to us for a fix. And the thing is, fun is not a fix. And so I always try to spin it positive when I'm talking about things as far as like, what are the good things that you want to achieve? Or where are the good things happening already? And let's emulate them within the organization. So, um, you know, it, having these conversations with the leadership team as far as the purpose behind how fun fits within the organization mm-hmm. so that the leadership understands and they're bought in and they, and they, they have to give people permission. So, and it can't just be lip service, but it has to be, there has to be some legs to it, you know, cause we all know the leader who says, oh yeah, um, you know, you can go work out at lunch. Um, it's your lunch break. But if the social norm, right, within the organization or you never see your leader going on a lunch break, then you start to like, well, I just don't feel like I'm allowed or I'm going to get in trouble. Right. So you have to set the tone that it's okay. And the other thing too is that from a leadership perspective, there has to be empowerment to maybe like the grassroots people who are going to be, quote unquote, the ambassadors or the champions. Mm -hmm. We also all know like you sit through these trainings and it's great, but if no one really is in charge of um, taking that process and running with it back in the organization. So, so during our, you know, our initial training with, with what we call our fun and happiness ambassadors, we really get the, get them to understand that um, the leadership say yes, and they want you and they need you to do this for your organization mm-hmm. and to give them, give them the confidence that like, it's hard to get adults to want to play, want to stop work and actually take a break. Mm-hmm. And so I try to really convince people that, you know, it's, it's that personal invite. It's like, no, 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 come, come and just listen. It's going to take less than 15 minutes. Cause you all know, like I'm a workaholic. So if I have a list of things to do, I'm going to be hard pressed to like stop my work day to go and quote unquote, have fun. Right. And I mean, I work for the fun department and I'm saying this. So yeah. no, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm parallel with you. It's like, you know, I'm a firm believer in, in, in fun at work, but sometimes when you've got that long list of stuff to do, you're just like, you know, you go back to Dr. Seuss, there's no time for fun when there's work to be done. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, it, I, I channel. Well, and Dr. I, Seuss also says, Dr. Seuss also says like, um, um, oh gosh, what is it about fun? And it has to be, oh gosh, I have a quote done. It's basically like, it has to be done well yeah. for it to, to Purposeful. You know that good old Dr. Seuss quote. <laughs> oh, good, good old Dr. Seuss quote. Yes, there's a lot of them out there. Like you have to be odd to be number one. The one of my, yeah. I, I love that one. Yeah. So good old Dr. Seuss. You know, here's here's a silly. You know, this is so silly, and it kind of as a leader, um, I put on a Christmas or a holiday onesie, and I put a Bluetooth speaker in my pocket. And I walked around, I walked around our office with personal invitations to our holiday gathering at lunch, like on a Friday or whatever day it was. So I started to promote activity, but like just walking in, in a onesie breaks the norm of work and it puts a smile on somebody's face. So something as easy as that can, can be fun, right? It's, it's, it's what we call our pregame. Like, how are we going to pregame for this, you know, quick, and it was the most attended holiday luncheon that we had within our collaborative space. Mm-hmm. And can I take full credit for that? Absolutely not. But I want, but I want to believe that it's the personal invite. It's, it's kind of breaking the norms and letting people know that like, if you're not there, 
we're going to miss you. And right. I think that's what people want is that human connection where it's like, gosh, if I don't show up for this 15 minute activity, somebody's going to miss me. I'm going to be missed. Right. You know, so. And that should be the norm. Some of that, those, um, that, you know, that should really be the norm where people feel like, oh man, I'm going to miss out on this fun thing, you know, opposed to feeling like, well, if uh, I'm going to miss out on work, if I go to this, I mean, that is a fundamental shift. If you think about it on, you know, how a, a culture operates is that, and I would hope, I would think that at your, you know, lunch gathering that, because the way a lot of lunch gatherings go is, you know, people scurry over, fill their plate, and they go back to their cubicle so they can work. And the, where is the fun in that? So, uh, right. you know, so and you probably had like cool, a, cool things going on besides eating. Well, I will, t- I will tell you what we did is that um, we set the stage. So another one of our laws of fun is fun for all the senses. You know, if you're going to have a meeting and you want to just have a little fun, just think of like if it's like you're throwing a party. Like why don't why don't you turn on a little music? Why don't you ask your employees, hey, what's your favorite song this month? And then each weekly meeting, you know, you start the meeting with a song that your employee you know likes, and then it opens up the conversation by like, why do you like that song? And then other people are like, oh my gosh, that's my favorite song too. So then you you set the stage for these organic conversations to happen. Right. So as simple as like having some music, obviously having good food and telling people that the fun is not going to (laughs) hurt and that there's a chance to win prizes. And they could be silly. Like you said, it could be something silly like the um, bottle cap, um, you know, medals on the office. Mm -hmm. But the simple activity and if you give people clear rules, you know, you break them up into teams and it could be strategic or it can be random, whatever, you know, the organization's looking for. Um, we literally played a game, which was untangling Christmas tree lights. We gave, we gave each team a ball of lights and basically said, <laughs> first team, first team to completely unravel their lights and plug them in to the power strip is going to win. Uh-huh. Any questions ready? So we turn some music on, there's this chaos. We take photos, you know, the teams are going hooting and hollering and, collaborating, communicating, smiling, boom. And that literally took maybe five minutes, you know, from start to finish organizing teams and all that. And then you get, you know, you take a photo of the winning team and they get, you know, gift cards to Target to get new Christmas lights or whatever. Um, You know, but that's, that's what we teach people. And everybody wants this like easy solution or this easy answer, like come in for a whole day of training because our people can't communicate. And my answer would be, Let's do fun programs throughout the whole year and tie them back to um, your employees' intrinsic motivators and what's fun for them. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see some shift in your culture, you yeah, know? Absolutely. But leaders, you know, sometimes ask, quick, and I'm like, unfortunately, I can't give that to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, like, that's uh, a, um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say there because I was still thinking about untangling Christmas lights. Because on that game right there, on that game right there, I, I wouldn't even participate. I would be like, because this is what I do with Tangled Christmas lights. I throw them away and I go buy a new set. So <laughs> that's what I would do. You're like, hey, we're going to do this. And I'd be like, hey, you guys win. <laughs> so you might, you might be the heckler. Because that's the thing, too. Like, well, when we design programs, everybody can self select how they want to engage, right? Like 
we don't force anybody to do anything that they feel uncomfortable doing. Mm. So God for God forbid, you know, like we're riding, we have giant tricycles, right? And we bring giant tricycles to an event and, and we're doing a relay with them. You know, we say, you know, choose three people from your team to be the riders or something. So now people are self-selecting into what activities jive them. Mm-hmm. And then the people that are like, there's no way in heck I'm going to get on that tricycle, but you know, I can score or I can judge, you know, or hold up, you know, a go sign. Mm-hmm. So now like you find a place within our process where you feel comfortable and a part of the team, but we don't expect people to like, you know, want to do everything. And then again, too, if you do these things consistently, like once a month, potentially, um, so you might not like untangling the Christmas lights, right? You may like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to go and get new ones. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, maybe the next one revolves around um, what's fun for you and you'll yeah. get down or you'll want to own it. You know, yeah. it's, it's really cool how you start to see when you, when you start to use fun as a process and not an event, it actually does start to shape culture and, and um, creates, you know, happier employees, which will lead to um, a better bottom line. Oh, absolutely. Now, what are some other like cool, uh, funny events that when you go out and you uh, share your model with people and train them to be ambassadors? Because I really like the whole ambassador thing. And I like that you brought out that um, somebody's got to be responsible for implementation because when it's everybody's, re- you know, everybody's responsible, nobody's responsible. I mean, that's just the way to say, hey, we're going to do this, but then nobody really kind of gets empowered to go out there and be the catalyst for, you know, do- doing things. Um, you know, so I like that you brought that out because otherwise things just don't work. Um, absolutely. So yeah. what, I mean, what are some, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of the other things that you encourage some ideas for people that are listening that, uh, if they want to go out there and, you know, have a little fun, what are some other things that they could do? Um, absolutely. So, you know, obviously I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, the years and years of us going and actually doing the events, what really drives me, like the, the tangle, untangling the Christmas tree lights, that was our idea. That was a fun department coming up with some things that we can do, you know, during the summer season. Yeah. Um, but what I really love to do is watch um, during, during our training session. I, and again, I'm a health coach and I'm all about, um, I guess, I guess you'd call me the closer. So if, you know, people have great ideas, but if you don't have an action plan, it's never going to happen. Right. <laughs> so you can get all excited in, you know, a training session. But at the end, I, we, when we put people in teams and they actually start to use our creative inventory um, process to design activities that are, you know, abide by our laws of fun. They're less than 15 minutes on company time, all inclusive, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah they start to put things together and some of the like coolest things come out. Um, and there's something about a name. So I'll give you an example. We, I recently trained a remote company. They're, they're a tech company and they have one time a year where they all get together live. And we, and it was a, um, a voluntary, if they wanted to be a fun and happiness ambassador out of 75 employees that were there, 25 of them showed up which just goes to show you that people a want fun within an organization and, um, ownership, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
part of what we do is once after the training, we actually um, coach. So each month, you know, we kind of check in and see how things are going and give input on um, how, how they can improve upon the activities that design. Mm-hmm. So, so this company gets back to me. One of the things that's really important to them or what's fun for them is their family. I think part of it is because they work remote, you know, and they get to spend more time with their family. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what's fun for them. Um, and, then, and then the forums um, have to be electronic or, you know, phone calls or old school mail. Like, so they, they put out this newsletter and, and they called it the baby photo contest. You know, like submit your baby photos, blah, blah, blah. And um, I was like, well, that's cool. You know, like they're, they're, getting, they're getting there. And I said, could you, could you come up with a clever name for it? Because you know that, you know, I mean, again, I'm busy. I'm not going to rifle through my baby photos and, and, and try to find one and, and submit it. So the, company, the company's name is E4. So they called the contest the B4 E4 Baby Photo Contest. Awesome. And I was like, wow, even, even in just the name, right? Like creating this like fun name for it mm-hmm. kind of builds anticipation or like, oh, B4E4, what's that all about? Right. Um, another company, I, I just had the opportunity to train their staff and um, the director of first impressions got back to me and she goes, you know, she, they're going to have food, they're going to have music, but they're doing a, a, a foul shot um, that would be F O W L shot contest mm-hmm. after lunch one day, obviously because it's thanks, you know, it's the Thanksgiving season. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to get everybody in the hallway and actually um, take random things in the office and bowl down the hallway with like a frozen Turkey. Nice. So, and it, right. And it's going to take about 15 minutes, but everybody's <laughs> going to show up and it's the foul shot. Contest. And you put people on teams and it's, and you know, you have like winner, but it's, it's those simple organic things. Um, you know, planning an event is so exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) There's just so much to consider, but if you can do these like little fun things, um, and we encourage folks to come up with their own creative inventory, hang it somewhere in their office and Mm -hmm. daily, like walk in, it's like, okay, what's the fun thing we're going to do today? You know? And it's like, what's the forum? What's the theme? What's the activity? And how are we going to pregame and postgame? Mm-hmm. So there's just those simple things that, um, and I, I just kind of can kind of try to get people to remember what it was like to be a child. Right. Well, I would and think that adults, I would think that, you know, with the, with the pre and post game and planning for things that eventually there would be a lot of things that just happened organically. And that's where like the, the real, to, uh, for me, the the real benefit of a fun culture would take place. That people's spirits would be able to higher. They would uh, they would organically have a little more fun. They would incorporate it more with the work that they did every day. Um, yeah. It, it, so uh, that's what I would think. Is yeah. that what you see? You can almost yeah. And the thing is, um, what what I when everybody has some job responsibilities that might not be the most fun for them, right? Like there's but if but if you if you create this culture that is fun yeah and like you people start to realize they can think outside of the box i come up with fun ways to do things that are not the most fun thing to do right to yield more efficiency within my 
job. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I use an example, I used to manage a kitchen and I know that this example doesn't, you know, spill over into other organizations, but as simple as traying up sausage patties for 700 campers, you know, like here's 20 boxes, tray these up. I'm going to check back in in two hours to see if you're done. Mm-hmm. That's monotonous and could get boring. But I challenged one of our volunteer workers. I said, Hey, you want to go head to head in a, in a sausage contest, you know, relay. And so I got 10 boxes, he got 10 boxes and it was like, ready, set, go. And we got the whole kitchen involved. You know, everybody stop what you're doing and come watch. We freaking trade those things up in probably like five minutes. That's awesome. And so we got the job done. Yeah. Way more quickly and had a ton of fun. Everybody was involved and like boxes were flying everywhere. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's a specific industry, but mm-hmm. it's the concept sure. that we try to instill in other industries. What's going to work for you guys. Right. Right. Uh, it was funny. So when you were saying, talking before about uh, you being like a health coach and that you were closing, I thought you were going to say that maybe you had like a broccoli eating contest. And I was, I was, I was waiting for that. And you didn't say that, but um, in my head, that's what you were going to say. Um, I was just going off on a tangent there. I like broccoli. I don't know if I would really win or not, but um, I, I could put away some broccoli. Yeah. I eat broccoli for um, dinner sometimes, just a bowl of broccoli. Okay. That's, so. that's a little crazy. I wouldn't do that. You're really pushing it far. I have to have some, I have to have something else with it. Anyway, I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Cause t- I think that, you know, you hear a lot about, uh, companies looking for ways to like game, gamify different things, but they're looking at the electronic aspect of, you know, having an app mm-hmm. where people compete and stuff. But I think there are things that we can do to gamify simple things, just like with the, like the sausage relay that help motivate people. And they're so simple and create such a different kind of culture where people really just want to be there. I mean, I, I, I'm like you, I've never had a job where I woke up every morning was just like, Oh, holy crap, I get to do this. You know, usually it was the, um, the people that I worked with that made it fun yeah. or it made it like, Hey, I can't wait to work with these people today. And that's really on the leaders as far as, you know, trying to, you know, create that kind of atmosphere. And I really appreciate the work that you and the team are out there doing. Now, if after today people want to connect with you, where do you want them to go? Um, they can go to our websites and we're, we're all over social media as well, but um, more fun at work.com is our website. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, but um, I just, I, I adore people. I love people, love learning about folks. And, um, and it's, it's a reminder to me of how, to have more fun in my own life just by, just by working with folks. And, and I, I, I use this example as that, you know, as a fund department um, employee, we have shirts, right. With our logo on it. And somebody said like, wow, that must be a lot of pressure, right. Mm-hmm. To wear the fun, fun on your shirt. Or when you get up to speak, people just assume that you're going to be funny or, you know, entertaining. Yeah. Um, but I said, I said, wow, you know, like, oh, it, it's a reminder to me that that's the way I want to live my life. You know, and, yep. and I, so I, I challenge everybody else to think about what word they want to write on their shirt. That's going to bring more joy, more happiness, um, you know, into not only their workplace, but just their life in general. Yeah. My shirt would say donuts and bacon. <laughs> not broccoli. <laughs> not broccoli, donuts and bacon. Absolutely. All right. So 
<laughs> that would bring more joy and more love to my life all the time. Matter of fact, this morning when I was at the gym, um, I had bacon, a little bacon treat last night and at the gym, I could still smell the remnants of it. And I was like, mm, this makes my workout so much better, so much better. Now, if we were really at a bar, I'm using my leadership happy hour format uh, for our interview today. If we were really at a bar drinking, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd give you some kind of drunk dare. But since we're not, I'm just going to ask you a few random questions for my overstuff, would you rather book? And they are random, so I will apologize in advance if any of them are a little too sketchy. But okay. we're just living dangerously. Are you? Bring uh, it. All right. I like that. Bring it. All right. Would you rather, Jess? Live in a world where houses are made of gingerbread and candy or where motorized big wheels are the primary mode of transportation. Oh, definitely the big wheels. Yeah, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Because you could throw on the brake and spin around. I wish uh, oh I, I never had a big wheel when I was growing up. We couldn't afford one, but I was always happy to go over to uh, my friend's house and ride their big wheels. I shared too much. Anyway, um, (laughs) this is therapy for me. I just had to get it out there. All right. Second question. Would you rather feel compelled to greet people by licking their feet or intensely smelling their armpits? Oh, I would definitely smell their armpits. And Chip, I actually have a story about that. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) At, at the, this is, this is, my life but I used to work in the restaurants and um we, we, a friend of mine worked with me and we would actually like you know how dogs kind of sniff and they like come up near your ear and it's like that you know you know when when a dog yeah. like sniffs that that sound mm-hmm. we'd actually do that to each other in front of customers which is just hilarious they would just look at you like oh my gosh what is going on but nice so yes I'd have to go with some armpit I like that <laughs> all right last question Jess would you rather Oh, this is so gross. Would you rather eat chocolate-covered cockroaches or deep-fried roadkill? Oh, um, well, being I'm a female and and dark chocolate's good for you. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the chocolate-covered cockroaches as long as as long as it's dark chocolate yeah that's a toss-up for me because you know i know that the cockroaches would probably have a little bit of you know protein to them however i uh-huh. like i live in wisconsin and pretty much anything deep fried is good so oh my it, would, it would be a toss-up for me well i really appreciate you spending a little time with me today i've had a lot of fun and you've just kind of uh giving me hope for the future on, you know, the workplace trends that uh, I've, I've been a, a long time proponent of uh, creating a, a workplace that's fun. I did it, you know, anytime I, I was in a leadership position and uh, I think that's what made me different from a lot of other leaders. And I, about you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate uh, people that are out there spreading the word, being workplace messiahs. Yeah, we call it the movement, right? We're, yeah. we're, it's a movement and we're all in it. And it's just making the world a better place to live. Well, which we I, definitely do nowadays. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Oh, it was my pleasure, Chip. Thanks for having me. Was that awesome or what? I tell you what. I really enjoyed that conversation with Jess. I liked the play with the point, but I also like thinking about fun for just fun's sake. That certainly it does. It absolutely does 
impact the culture and people's productivity, people's engagement. And you can meet Jess if you come to the conference. It's in April. Like I said before, go to aath.org. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. Fundamentally, the best, the nicest people on the face of the earth. So until next time, this is Chip Lutz signing off. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at aath.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit laughbox.aath.org.